Welcome to I Run Radio. Coming up, a first marathon after breast cancer. I want to continue to do this for as long as possible. Um, to be, I have two sons, 11 and 9, and I just want to, you know, show them that things can happen in your life, but if you have goals and, and you set out expectations for yourself, you could kind of do anything. They see me running and they see me living a, a, a healthy lifestyle, just, you know, just despite what happened, and this is mainly for them. A running program for children with autism. Kids just uh, light up when they're running. I mean, um, I think when you think of kids running, they think of one of one speed. They love to sprint. They love to run fast. Um, so we do try to help them with some pacing stuff. But I'd say that uh, running, and we invite the families, so the whole families are there too. So I think the impact is that it gets the whole families active, and hopefully, you know, transfers over to different different sports. But we really, the emphasis is on fun. And why do people run ultra marathons? Mentally, I felt like I carried this strength around with me. And, and that's enticing. And, and I think the people who, who do lots of ultra marathons, they kind of get addicted to that feeling of getting into a place where, where it's so extreme that you get this, this real kind of life-changing experience uh, occurring. And to have that happen occurring again and again is, is, is quite addictive. And it's quite interesting. A lot of people who, who do ultra marathons they, they come from quite troubled backgrounds. You do get a lot of former drug addicts and, and alcoholics and people who've had traumatic past. And, and there's something about getting through difficulty and getting through trauma that, that comes out in, a marath- in an ultramarathon particularly. Uh, and people find a lot of solace in it. On this edition of I Run Radio, we'll talk to a very inspiring runner who's getting ready for her first marathon since recovering from breast cancer. We'll tell you about a remarkable program that provides a place to run and to have fun for children with autism and their parents, and the author of a new book that explores why people run ultra marathons. Let's get things started now with the editor and general manager of iRun, Ben Kaplan. Hello, Ben. Hey there. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah, we've had some nice weather this week, and I've had some nice long runs. You know, we've had... All kinds of spring flooding in Ottawa. A lot of people have been really deeply affected by it. Their homes under threat. Uh, there's been water everywhere. Many of the running paths are covered in water. That's a that's a small part of the story. I'm not I'm not complaining because I can't run where I normally run when there are people whose homes are are flooded. Um, but it's just been this weird thing where everywhere you go, there's water in this city, and uh, it's finally starting to kind of ease up a little bit. And so uh, we're fortunate in that respect, even though the cleanup and the and the lasting damage uh, is still an issue for a lot of families. Uh, but we just started to get more of that spring weather this week. So, you know, you feel liberated to get outside and, and run a little longer maybe and and just enjoy the sunshine. So that's that's the kind of mood I'm in this week. I like it, and I feel the exact same way. I mean, definitely we go through the winter, and definitely there's an element of, like— I survived that. Yeah, but you know, which and is, it's just, which, which is, it's yeah. confining, right? You know, it's it's you 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 know nobody right. nobody's out for a for an eight k run on a Wednesday when it's minus twenty and thinking, you know what, this feels good. I'm going to go an extra couple of kilometers, <laughs> or yeah, when I get home, I'm going to stop in the driveway and talk to my neighbor. You know, uh, no, it's yeah. just like the second you get to your house, you're running in the door, locking it shut, turning on the fireplace. You know, so. Uh, it's just, it's liberating, I find. 
my friend was so funny. I started running actually in the winter is when I picked up the sport and I kind of like, you know, usually you take somebody as some sort of mentor or somebody who kind of, and for some people it's the running room or, but for me it was a friend and we did it and we started in the winter and he was like, boy, and I really took to it. I was running all the time when I started and he was like, you're doing it like this now. Wait till you see when the weather gets warm, you're just going to go crazy. Yeah. You know, he was absolutely right. And just to put on shorts and a t-shirt and not think about it and just go. I mean, it's just a whole different, it, liberating is the perfect word. And I love the idea of like, you. Can, I just feel like you could definitely run faster when you're not sure wearing all of that yeah. stuff. You just want to. You, you feel, feel lighter. Athletic. <laughs> yeah, you feel lighter. Yeah. That, that's exactly right. I yeah. mean, so it's great. And, it's, you know. And for me, and for I, I know you too, and for, for a lot of us, and I know a lot of people just raced, obviously, in Mississauga and Vancouver, Toronto, but, you know, Ottawa Race Weekend is coming up, and yep. the Calgary Race Weekend is coming up, and the Buffalo Race Weekend is coming up, and it's getting a little warmer, it's getting a little more real, and uh, it's exciting. I mean, there's definitely a buzz in the air. Yeah, what I love about this time of year in Ottawa is you see the big groups of people out training uh, because they're yeah. they're counting down to Ottawa Race Week. And I know last weekend uh, they do this big run every year from the Canada running room to the downtown running room. So from out in the suburbs to downtown Ottawa, and that's how everybody does their, their last long run of 32 or so kilometers before race weekend, that one that you do three weeks out. Uh, so that's happened, but you just see these big groups of runners out there because they're all getting ready to be among the 30, 35,000 people who will be running at Ottawa Race Weekend. It's very cool. Yeah, I saw my neighbor or uh, another dad um, on my run yesterday, and just out of nowhere, I just was like, I was really just booking, just feeling great, and I just high-fived him, and then I saw him the next day at school, he was like, wow, you were really going out there, you know, and I, it's funny, I don't know him that well, but I was just sort of like, I was into it out there, yeah. you know, high-fiving people and just like, you know, digging it. Yeah, and speaking of the running room and Ottawa Race Weekend, I got to speak at a running room uh, in Ottawa uh, earlier this week, I uh, had a great chat with a group of people who were doing the half marathon and the marathon at Ottawa Race Weekend, some of them doing their first half marathon, some doing their first marathon. So big congratulations to them. And I got to share some Very of my cool. running stories with them. That's always fun. And and it's just great to see the new people taking up the sport and going new distances for the first time and the enthusiasm and the anticipation and the nervousness and and you know the jittery kind of feeling everybody's got in the weeks leading up to a big event very cool to see that totally totally yeah so on the show today we're going to talk to a really great program the coach of a really great program here in ottawa called team awesome awesome is spelled a-u-s-o-m-e you introduced me to these people uh this is a this is a program that is for autistic children children with autism, uh, and it gives them an opportunity to run and to feel free and to play like other kids, and it gives their parents an opportunity as well to run, which I think is as much a part of this as anything. Yeah, I mean, and there, the story is up on our website, and because I think it's on probably the Ottawa Marathon website as well, and so much about running is giving back to other people and raising money for charities and it's just regular people that choose to get involved, um, you know, who really are making a difference in their community and helping other people and just using running as a platform to, to really do some good and do some good for other people. And, and she's an example of, uh, 
really just the very best of what we can aspire to in sport. Absolutely. Now, uh, have you ever run further than 42.2 kilometers, the marathon distance? I have. I have. One time my buddy and I thought it would be a good warm-up to run to the marathon, that we were going to get a couple of Ks to sort of loosen up before running 42.2 K. It was a horrible idea, and uh, (laughs) it it totally backfired, and I, I uh, I didn't do it again, and I've never done an ultra and uh, I don't ever want to do more than 42 to okay. guy, unless I particularly, unless that's what I'm doing. Yeah. But I wouldn't advise that. Right. It's funny you say that about, about that, because I remember uh, Rick Hellard, who's the coach with Zone 3 Sports here in Ottawa. Oh, yeah, I know Rick. Yeah, yeah, great, yeah. great running coach, has, uh, has, has coached lots of people, including me, to uh, great performances, uh, personal best, Boston qualifiers, all of that. And I remember him talking one time about how, okay, when you when you go to the marathon, uh, you got to go and run like a 2 or 3K warm-up before the marathon. And, right. And I remember thinking, what? Like, it's not <laughs> enough that I'm going to run 42K during the marathon? You want me to run another yeah. 3 to get ready for it? That doesn't make any sense yeah. at all. Anyway, yeah. I know some people yeah, I think swear by that. If you're, trying to, if you're trying to break two hours in the marathon, which would be, you yeah. know, like the equivalent of the four-minute mile, like maybe, yeah. you know, if you're yeah, doing yeah. speeds like that. But If you're an elite uh, athlete, sure. You and I are probably good for that. Yeah. The basic distance is probably far enough. Yeah. I think that's uh, how about, a warm-up during it. How about the first 3K of my marathon is the warm-up, right? That's yeah, the way I would approach sounds, it. Anyway, the reason I asked, yeah. we're going to be talking to an author later in the show who explores why people do ultra marathons. Why we so many people now have to go beyond the marathon nice. distance. Yeah. Ben, yeah. thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll talk to you next week. I appreciate it, my friend. That's Ben Kaplan, iRun's editor and general manager. Coming up next, a runner prepares for her first marathon since she recovered from breast cancer. iRun Radio is brought to you in part by New Balance Canada. New Balance is a proud sponsor of the Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon, fitting elite Olympic marathoners like Reed Coolset and also making shoes that are ideal for you. Laura Brown ran the Paris and Rome marathons in 2016 in back-to-back weeks. But just three weeks later, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Lara will be running the Ottawa Marathon later this month, her first marathon since the diagnosis. Lara, thank you very much for joining us on iRun Radio. No problem. So let's go back to April of 2016 when uh, you were doing marathons and in these really cool destinations. Um, and and shortly after that, you got a, a really tough diagnosis. So tell me where you were before you found out that you had breast cancer with your running. Sure. So I was primarily a marathon runner. Um, I like to run marathons sort of in different places. I don't usually like to do the same one twice. So that year, I decided to do Paris, and then a coworker said to me, hey, like, check out other European cities to see if there's one, another run close by, and we turned out that Rome was the week after. So I ran Paris on April 3rd and Rome on April 10th that year. So back-to-back, two marathons in in seven days, basically, eight days. In seven days, spent some time in Florence in the middle, lots of carb loading. Um, (laughs) Didn't have a time goal, just wanted to complete them. It's really, uh, Paris is my favorite city. So to run it, like running a marathon in in a different city, you get to see parts of the city you don't actually see as a tourist. Yeah. Um, You're running into 
the suburbs or into parks, similar to Sunnybrook Park in Paris. Um, just different areas you'd never go to. So I, lo- I like I love doing that. So um, what, and I, what were those experiences like? Uh, Rome was. I've done Boston. I've run Chicago, but Rome was spectacular. I'm not a religious person. But running in such an incredible city, and you're running in and out of the piazzas. Um, there were 13,000 runners. Only 2,000 were women, funny enough. Um, so hmm. I placed very well. <laughs> but <laughs> you just run in different parts of the city that you just never see. And at one point, you're running down the, right beside the Vatican. It's just very, it was very special. And I'm, like I said, I'm not religious, but it was an incredible experience. And what are some of the other marathons you've done over the years? Um, I've done Boston, I've run Chicago, Toronto, um, and then Ottawa will be my sixth. Okay. So walk me through what happened after that. You, you got home from this incredible trip where you not only ran these two marathons in the space of a week, but you, you got to do some great sightseeing as well. And then, and then you had this diagnosis. What happened? So I came home from Europe, and I do work for Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. So we were in playoffs at the time. We were at the year where the Raptors were in the Eastern Conference Finals. So it was night after night after night after just a long, long days and tough work. And I was feeling off throughout the entire time. So at first I thought it was maybe jet lag, but just the exhaustion. All I wanted to do was sleep all day um, to the point where I actually said to a good friend of mine, I'm like, there's something wrong, there's something wrong. And a few months, so that was April. So so fast forward a little bit into May, uh, still filling off. In June, I did a, a breast exam in the shower. And I don't usually do them, ever. And the, something made me do it, and I found a lump on my right breast. And I was diagnosed with breast cancer in June. And how did you feel at that point? Uh, that's, that's obviously a, a horrible thing, but we are fortunately making advancements in, in how breast cancer and other cancers are being treated. So um, how did you react to that diagnosis? So there is no history of breast cancer in my family. My mom actually was tested negative for the breast cancer gene, the BRAC2. Um, so, and I'm healthy, like I thought I did all the right things. So for me, it was complete shock. Um, was not expecting that. But I did catch it early. I was lucky. I caught it. I was only diagnosed with stage one. Um, so very lucky. I consider myself very lucky. And tell me about the treatment, uh, because I understand you kept running and training during the treatment. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So I, it takes a lot to bench me, quote-unquote. Um, <laughs> very high, very hyperactive. I've always been active my entire life. I used to dance when I was younger. So whenever I had an, an appointment, I would always, the first question out of my mouth was, well, can I run? So I had a lumpectomy and I was like, well, okay, well, can I run? And the surgeon's like, well, whenever you are okay. Then I had um, 12 rounds of chemotherapy weekly. And then I had 21 days of radiation, sort of back to back to back. Um, and it wasn't until I met my radiologist who kind of, she said to me, um, you know, I, I'm not a runner, and I know that cancer patients have a lot of energy at the beginning, but the energy drops, so perhaps you should stop running and start walking. And that was kind of a life-changer for me. I decided at that point I was going to do an Ironman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So <laughs> you went in the opposite direction. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I, I wanted to be like no one else, 
Um, I'm fortunate enough in Toronto to be treated at Princess Margaret. It's a cancer fifth best hospital for cancer in the world. It's an unbelievable place. But you kind of walk through there, and I decided I didn't want to be like anybody else. And luckily for me, I felt okay. And I really, I had no side effects from chemotherapy. And I really, I, like, tr- you know, give credit to staying active and, and, and running and just keeping fit the entire time. Helped me get through that. Yeah, but I think we're learning a little about your personality here, right? That uh, <laughs> you're, she, The doctor says, you know, maybe you should dial it back a little bit and walk instead of run, and you say, okay, I'm going to go out and do an Ironman. Uh, I yeah, like that. She, she was, and I said to her, you know, so I did, I, I, after I finished radiation, I trained for nine months, and 16 months after the day I was diagnosed, I finished my first full Ironman. Wow. And I, and the a few days before my Ironman, I went to see her and I said to her, you know, I just want you to know what, what you've done and how much you've changed my life. And I said to her, never, ever. I mean, this woman is brilliant. One of the heads at Princess Margaret. And I said, don't ever tell a runner to walk. <laughs> tell your patients to do whatever they can. And if they don't feel well, to pull it back. But don't ever tell a runner to walk. And so I just kept going. She was my motivation through the entire thing. Wow, that's such a great story. So uh, from there, obviously, your recovery went okay? Yeah, I had um, my ovaries removed in January of this year, just as a precaution. Um, But so far, so good. I'm almost three years cancer-free. So just continuing to run, and I'm doing my uh, second Ironman in September of this year in, in in Italy. Okay, back to Italy. That sounds good. Yeah. Back yeah. to Italy. And, and you're going to be doing, in Ottawa, your first marathon since the diagnosis. Of course, you, you ran a marathon at the end of the Ironman. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, but this is my actual full first marathon. My two best friends are coming with me. I have a cousin who's running the half at the, at the, on the same day. So I'm so excited to, to do this run. And what what will it mean to you to be, I mean, obviously, you've already proven that you're healthy again. You you did an Ironman 16 months after you were diagnosed, so uh, this isn't about proving anything in that category. But but there's symbolism to all of these, these, these events and milestones after you go through something like cancer treatment, isn't there? Absolutely. And I actually turned 40 in a few days, so... This is my first marathon, and I'm turning 40, and it, to me, age is just a number, and I want to continue to do this for as long as possible. Um, to be, I have two sons, 11 and 9, and I just want to, you know, show them that things can happen in your life, but if you have goals and, and you set out expectations for yourself, you could kind of do anything. My son just made the track and field team yesterday, so I'm extremely proud of that. Um Very but cool. they, they see me running, and they see me living a, a, a healthy lifestyle, just you know, just despite what happened, and this is mainly for them. That's very inspiring. And why did you choose Ottawa? Um, like I said, I don't like doing the same marathon twice. Um, a proud Canadian, I thought it would be great to run, run, a, uh, run a marathon in Ottawa. It's not far from Toronto. Um, uh, the Scotiabank uh, Marathon is it's such a well-done event in Toronto, so trying it out in Ottawa. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And you mentioned you have a couple of friends running with you? Um, my cousin's doing the half marathon, and I have two of my best friends who are there as supporters coming down. Okay. so, so there's four, Yeah, so there's four of us coming. So they're making the trip, uh, but they're not going to run with you during the race? No, they're just going to hold my bag. <laughs> <laughs> 
and um, and my flip flops for the end and be support. My one friend has been through. Uh, she's come with me to a whole bunch of them. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, and then from there, you're you're doing this Ironman in Italy in the fall, and then what? Have you figured it out? Um, no, I like to do. Hopefully, hopefully, I can qualify for Boston to go back to Boston in in Ottawa in three weeks. Um, not sure. I love the Ironman. I'm going to try and do another one um, next year somewhere. They're fun. To, it's fun to travel and run or or do these events. It's, you just get to see parts of the city that you don't usually get to see. It's fun. Yeah. Well, Laura, I'm so glad that you're healthy and that you're uh, that you're uh, able to run and do Ironman events, and and that um, I just love that that message of uh, don't tell a runner to walk. I'm going to remember that one. Thank you, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. I really no appreciate it, and good thank luck you. in the marathon. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's Laura Brown, who will be running the Ottawa Marathon in two weeks. Coming up next, a running program for children with autism and also for their parents. Hi Run Radio is brought to you in part by New Balance Canada. New Balance is a proud sponsor of the Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon, fitting elite Olympic marathoners like Reed Coolset and also making shoes that are ideal for you. Awesome Ottawa is a running program that provides an opportunity for children with autism to be active and have fun. We're joined by the coach of the program, Amy Bienkowski. Amy, welcome to iRun Radio. So thank you for very much for inviting us. So tell me how Team Awesome started. Uh, you've, this is your second year. How did this get going? Uh, well, we um, began because of Awesome Ottawa. had lots of different programs offered to children. We had soccer and we had basketball and water polo, uh, different sports, but we didn't have anything for running. Um, and we, uh, being in Ottawa, we saw the excitement of race weekend and uh, knew about the charity challenge, so we thought that it was a really good fit with our mission of Awesome Ottawa of getting kids active. Um, and so we thought that we should uh, uh, join uh, with race weekend and have a team in it. for. And last year was our first year for it, and we had a great time doing it. So we started doing the run club uh, last year uh, to get the kids excited for for the race weekend. And Awesome Ottawa is all about helping kids get active. So tell me a little bit about what impact that has on their lives. Yeah, so um, Lisa Vexler and Derek Firth are the founders of Awesome Ottawa. And about three years, um, they came up with the idea for Awesome Ottawa. Um, they they saw the strain that families had of different programming, but also saw that a lot of these children didn't um, have access to, to sports, whether it would be for financial or that uh, sports in the community are sometimes tough for children with autism, uh, different sensory needs, their gross motor and fine motor might be a little bit behind their peers. So they wanted to have an environment that was fun, but also um, would teach kids some of these um, activities um, so then maybe they could either bridge it to be on community teams or even just to know how to play some of those sports when kids are playing recess. Um, so they wanted to enrich the lives of um, kids and families with autism through sport and recreation. So they, through volunteers and staff, they had a lot of these programs set up with different community members in Ottawa. Um, and 
and every year it's just kept getting uh, more and more uh, children have been involved in our program. Um, and but these all cost uh, money to have sure. these because uh, the the mission was to keep these programs free for children. So we had in the uh, the fall we have a fundraising um, night like a gala. Um, so we thought it would um, be fun to have another fundraising. Um, in the spring, and the race weekend just seems like a perfect fit for organizations since we're all about sport and recreation. And what impact have you seen when kids have been participating in sports and, and now that they're running? Uh, running is such a, uh, you know, it's such a wonderful thing for kids. To see kids run is to see the see them experiencing joy and to yeah, see exactly, them, you know, yeah. it's, it's just you, you can see the energy kind of coming out of them when they run. So what, what have you witnessed in terms of the impact it's had on the children in the program? Uh, yeah, just what you said. Like, I, I think uh, watching the kids come out um, every week, and it is, like, kids just uh, light up when they're running. I mean, um, I think when you think of kids running, they think of one of one speed. They love to sprint. They love to run fast. Um, so we do try to help them with some pacing stuff. But I'd say that uh, running, and we invite the families, so the whole families are there too. So I think the impact is that it gets the whole families active and hopefully, you know, transfers over to different different sports but we really the emphasis on, is on fun so um just that is I, I the time that we're with them and hopefully it carries on throughout the week it is just uh, kids lighting up and, and smiling and, and laughing while they're while they're participating yeah uh I, I love what you said there about we try to help them with pacing because i think that's almost a metaphor for parenthood isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah <laughs> Yeah, it definitely is a marathon. So, yeah, yeah no, for sure. We have, uh, like, that's been the, you know, children with autism sometimes have different motivators than other children. So we do try to keep, uh, and I, for all kids, but a lot of our running games are, are just that. Like, we pretend like we're animals, so I'll show up a sign that, like, you know, to run like a turtle is slow, like a cheetah, they can run fast, and like a dog is supposed to be a more controlled pace, so to get them used to maybe running longer distances. Yeah, tell me more about what it's like coaching this group of children. Um, yeah, it, it, well, it's, it's a lot of fun, actually. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we we this year we had sort of this family-run club, and we didn't really exactly know who was going to come because it's just a drop-in each week um, of the family members that can come. So there's definitely different uh, levels. Um, but I have a lot of fun doing it, and we sort of mix it up with um, – some like the popsicle stick run where they run around the gym they get a popsicle stick uh, every time they go around so just getting used to running a little bit longer but then we have a lot of games that are um more like sprinting and just uh, working on that sort of thing and i think um obstacle courses and things like that and that helps these kids sometimes just uh, try things that they wouldn't no- normally try and they get more confident with um doing that and each week you can see that they're getting uh, more comfortable and able to do you know to run longer distances and uh, i know for you it's uh, it's partly about sharing your own passion for running tell me about what what impact running has had on your life before you started coaching these kids uh, yeah so running's been a big part of my life for i think most of my life um I'm from Halifax, Nova Scotia, and I ran uh, like cross country and track and field um, basically since um, maybe grade six or junior high. Um, and I 
competed when I was at Dalhousie University. So running um, has always been a big part of my life. Um, it, and as a parent of a child with autism, I think it's a good escape. And I use my runs a lot, um, as I'm sure other parents do, to think about uh, lots of problems and to figure out things while while you're away. And it's a good escape from that. Um, but I've had like wonderful coaches over the years and have definitely know the benefits of uh, being in sport. And um, so I really thought that uh, it was a good fit for me to be able to give back with running. Um, and so with like, I had, I know personally the challenges of being a parent with a child with autism. And I also know the benefits of, of being involved in sport. So if I could just, you know, connect those two things and help other families. Um, and, and when they're there for that hour, just looking around, I can tell that no one's thinking of all, you know, the challenges that they're going to have when they, they get home. Like when they're there for that hour, you know, they're just having fun running around and uh, cheering on each other. So uh, I'm happy, happy to volunteer my time to do it. And um, if that helps, helps those kids, then that's great. Yeah. And what you said there, I think is really important for, the parents and family members as well. Running quite often can be about being in the moment, right? And and you don't if you've if you're uh, look any parent, uh, but especially parents who have autistic children who have the unique challenges associated with that. It's sometimes hard to be in the moment and not to be thinking about yeah. all of the other challenges that you're tackling, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, a lot of times like these parents are taking their children, um, like, to a lot of different appointments, uh, you know, speech therapy and occupational therapy and uh, uh, behavioral therapy. So a lot of times whenever you're going places, it's like a stressful environment. You're hoping your kid is able to do what they're supposed to do at these appointments. And I think when they come to Awesome, um, the people that are there are prepared to handle behaviors, and, and their main focus is just to provide a, a fun environment and, and uh you know, if they pick up some some tips about the sports, and that's a that's a bonus. Yeah. The other thing about running that I know you've talked about before is that yeah. it's very accessible. It's available to almost everybody. Uh, you don't need a lot of equipment, and uh, and everybody knows how to run on some level, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, I know for sure. It's been. Uh, I think that's another another great thing. And about race weekend is that most people who are in Ottawa know about race weekend, and you don't need a lot of uh, a lot of gear and. I know last year a couple of our people had never been in a race before, and you know they were happy to do it. Um, and so, yeah, you know, every most kids have sneakers, and so that's all they need when they come out. And so it's definitely something that they can keep doing after uh, race weekend is over. So, yeah, yeah. And uh, t- tell me what you you expect the experience to be like based on last year and and uh, having done this once before of having everybody running together at Ottawa Race Weekend. Yeah. So. Um, I think uh, we do. I think it's just uh, really neat for the kids. Um, you know, already we have one participant who's just dying to get her race number. I think you know they watch probably like other races and, sure. and just the pardon. Yeah, that's cool. You you can yeah. understand that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, perks. so they just want to be part of the big the big race, and we all have team shirts, so it's kind of cool. We all come together, and they're a part of Team Awesome, and uh, to accomplish something together and of course all the other fun stuff of getting a medal and getting food afterwards and you know the kids are excited for all that stuff too all right yeah, well it, it sounds like it's going to be very special and and very rewarding but i think the it's really just the culmination of what you're doing week in and week out which is where the real value probably is 
Yeah, I hope. Yeah, I hope so. We're looking forward to it for sure. Amy, thank you so much for being with us, and good luck with Team Awesome at Ottawa Race Weekend. Thank you, Mark. That's Amy Biancoski, the coach of Awesome Ottawa. Coming up next, the author of a new book about why people run ultra marathons. I Run Radio is brought to you in part by New Balance Canada. New Balance is a proud sponsor of the Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon, fitting elite Olympic marathoners like Reed Coolset and also making shoes that are ideal for you. Why do people go the extra distance of an ultra marathon? What makes some of us test our limits in grueling races of 50 kilometers, 100 kilometers, or even longer? That's the subject of the latest book by the author Adaranand Finn. It's called The Rise of the Ultra Runners, A Journey to the Edge of Human Endurance. Adaranand Finn, welcome to I Run Radio. Uh, it's good to be here. Thank you. So you sought out to discover why it is that people run ultra marathons, and is is part of it just the fact that uh, there are so many people running marathons that it it's not it's not singularly impressive anymore to run forty two kilometers. Yeah, I mean there is there is a definite uh, natural inflation going on. I mean uh, you have to feel sorry. We've just had the London Marathon in England. You have to feel sorry the number of people looking for for sponsorship for their their charity. Uh, and everybody's like, oh, another marathon. And, and I know from experience, I, I, I had a quite a funny moment in, in the office where I work. Where some guy came up to me, and he knew I ran a lot. In fact, he'd heard this guy runs a lot. So he said, oh, you run ultramarathons, don't you? And this was before I was doing ultramarathons. So I said, no, no, I don't, I don't run ultramarathons. He said, oh, what, triathlons? I was like, no, no. He said, what, just marathons? <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I realized we got to that point where marathons were no longer impressing people. And, uh, and yeah, to really stand out, to really kind of get people's jaws dropping, as, as they used to when you, you, know, you said you'd signed up for a marathon maybe 10, 20 years ago, uh, you, you now have to kind of have this overbone prefix, uh, ultra at the beginning. I mean, that, that gives it the, the epic uh, status required. And, uh, and, and in some ways, that you you know, some you might say that's a shame, and, and there are a lot of running purists. And I was one of these when I started out on the journey. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of track running. I like mile mile races. And you think, well, it's it's a shame that people are more impressed with the with the longer distances. But what happens in an ultra run is it becomes something else. It becomes more than running. It becomes a kind of life experience and and, and a, a kind of more profound challenge to your whole personality rather than just your running skills or your running ability. And a marathon gets close to that. A marathon is definitely on a crossover between just running and, and kind of determination and guts and, and perseverance and commitment. But, but to take it that side to another level and kind of leave the running behind a bit and just get into the the real struggle of what, what's out there and what you're capable of. Uh, I think ultra running is quite irresistible, particularly for a certain type of person who uh, likes to really challenge themselves and really test themselves. Yeah, I think that's a great point because uh, we're, when we set out to do marathons or ultra marathons or even just run our first 5K, what we're doing, in, it is in part, I'm sure, driven by being able to say to other people, hey, look what I did. But it is, it's also about saying that to ourselves in a way, isn't it? To say, I was somebody who couldn't do this before, and now I've, I've done it, and I've tested my limits. That's, that's what I think draws a lot of people to it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's something quite enticing about a challenge that is so big that you kind of get this feeling. You don't know what's going to happen out there, but you get this feeling that 
you're going to be a different person on the other side if you, if you can come through it. And that definitely happened to me. I, I, I was, I kind of felt after my first ultramarathon, I felt like something had changed in me. I just felt a little bit more resilient in, in, in everything, in my body physically, but also mentally. I felt like I carried this strength around with me. And and that's enticing. And, and I think the people who, who do lots of ultramarathons, they kind of get addicted to that feeling of, of kind of looking getting into a place where where it's so extreme that you get this is real kind of life-changing experience uh occurring and to have that happen occurring again and again is, is is quite addictive and it's quite interesting a lot of people who who do ultramarathons they they come from quite troubled backgrounds you do get a lot of former drug addicts and, and alcoholics and people who've had traumatic pasts and and there's something about getting through difficulty and getting through trauma that that comes out in a marath- in an ultra marathon particularly uh, and people find a lot of solace in it uh, which is interesting as well what were your own experiences as you went from as your coworker described it just marathons to ultra marathons yeah well i was quite humbled in a way because I, i'm i'm a fairly uh, decent marathon runner i've, I've done 2 hours 50 minutes and and I, when i run local races i'm used to being quite near the front uh, and I struggled a lot more in these ultramarathons than I was expecting. I was much further mid-pack to, to near the back of the pack in some of the races. And so that was quite humbling. Uh, and also, it's, you started to wonder why, why this was happening to you. And I, you learn all sorts of things. Like one thing I learned is that I'm actually quite an emotional person. <laughs> so when things were going well, things were going really well. So I'd be flying along on the trails, like kind of almost euphoric at times. And then there'd be other times where, where the down would come and I'd really attach onto it and I'd, I'd start going deep down into this well, well the, the, the seasoned ultra runners call it the pain cave. I'd get sucked down into the pain cave. And where, where I found pe- other people were much more level. They just kind of rode the highs and the lows and a much more kind of a steady emotional state. And that was interesting because I wasn't expecting to find that out. Uh, but but you know I, I managed in in the majority of cases to uh, to get myself going. So I wouldn't say I, I passed the test with flying colours, but it was uh, it was it was it was an it was an interesting experience in so many ways. I mean, we only have a short interview. I mean, a lot of my book goes into the lessons about myself that I learned and the experiences, the kind of almost spiritual experiences at times that you uh, that can can happen to you out there. Yeah, can you give me a couple of examples uh, of what you went through? Yeah, well, I mean, some of the races went much went on much longer than I was expecting. So there was one race, 100 miles in the Pyrenees in the south of France, where I was expecting mid-afternoon to be uh, on the beach because uh, the race finished on the beach, uh, you know, hanging out in the ways. And come sunset, 9 o'clock that night, I was still up in the mountains somewhere a long way from the beach. So I was going into a second night, which I wasn't mentally and physically prepared for. And, and I didn't actually finish till three in the morning that morning. So in that in that night, all sorts of all sorts of strange things. I mean, I was hallucinating. At one point, I thought I could see this. There was this cocktail party, this house with this cocktail party on the veranda, and I was wandering over. And, and then I realised it was a sheer drop uh, into into the abyss uh, at night. Uh, and and that that was a scary experience. And then I and then I latched onto these other runners coming by. Because I thought the, my only way of getting off this mountain safely is is to just follow someone really closely. And then these these two were going down way quicker than I was. I wasn't so good at descending at that point. And so I was having to run outside of my comfort zone this far into a race in uh, with 
incredibly tired legs, but but I felt it was a life and death, a life and death, uh, a moment. I mean, I had to I had to stick with them to save myself, so I did. And, and a really strange thing happened. All the pain lifted out my leg. I started moving. I, th- I feel like it's almost the closest I've ever been to that experience of flow that that people talk about in running, where you get to the point where everything is just functioning at its absolute maximum. And to get that at that stage in the race, and I remember it was quite cold on the mountain, and I even got to the point where I started feeling warm. I had this warm glow of, of kind of, my whole body was moving in, 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 as it was designed to. After, at this point, like 35, 36 hours of, of trudging through the mountains, running when I could. Uh, and that, that was an amazing experience. And then what happened after wow. that is, I, I, from that day forth, I was like a 20 times better at descending mountains. It, it never left me the ability to go down a mountain quite quickly after that night. So that's just one one moment where yeah. something quite almost out of body uh, happened. And what do you think the the difference is between an ultra marathon and a marathon that that provides that that greater test or or that that journey that's taking you closer to the edge? Uh, than than a than or, or say an organized race like the London Marathon last week. Yeah, I mean, I think in some ways it, one is a test of of your running your running abilities because when you get to that point where you're really struggling in a marathon, you've maybe got you know ten miles, eight miles to go, and 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 that's tough and that's difficult, but that's that's physically tough to keep and to try and maintain a pace. But mentally, it's not that long to hang on. But what kills you in ultra running is the fact that you get to that point of exhaustion and you may still have 50 miles to go or you may still have you know, some, some huge distance. And mentally, that's much more challenging, I think, because physically you're going at a slower pace. And, and in some ways, I'd say the physical challenge of running a fast marathon and, and, and passing a, a, finishing an ultra are, you know, are comparable. But in terms of your mind to keep on top of your doubts and your despair and, and the demons in your in the back of your pain cave for that long for often hours and hours and on end is a, is a struggle and and the dropout rates in ultra marathons are really high i mean on average you're looking at 40 or 50 percent of the people who start the race don't finish and it's usually a mental problem they just give up they get to a point where they lose the will to continue and that's the real challenge physically often i mean sometimes people get injured and they have to stop but Often physically they're fine. They could carry on. I mean, they're tired, they're exhausted, but they're not broken. They could carry on. But the mind, it becomes a real mental challenge, uh, and and I think that's the big difference. Fascinating stuff. And I, I, I know you get into a lot more detail in the book, "The Rise of the Ultra Runners: A Journey into the Heart of the World's Toughest Sport." Uh, Darren yeah. and Finn, thank you so much for joining us today. That's been a pleasure. Thank you. That's author Darren and Finn. His new book is called The Rise of the Ultra Runners, A Journey to the Edge of Human Endurance. Coming up in the weeks ahead on iRun Radio, more inspiring stories of runners doing spring events, including a woman who has overcome addiction through running, and how Ottawa Race Weekend has become like Christmas for one family of runners. I hope you can join us next week on iRun Radio. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.